With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. WESE AM and FM, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson. We're talking Clemson Tigers and getting you ready for a college football Saturday in the South. The Ingalls Tailgate Show is brought to you by Ingalls Markets. Low prices, love the savings. Blue Ridge Electric Cooperative. Harley Davidson of Greenville. Clemson I. Bynum Aesthetic Dentistry, Greer Flooring Center, the Surgery Center at Pelham, and by Palmetto State Armory. Now, here are your hosts, John Ellis and Richmond Weaver. Good Saturday morning. It is a little bit of a chilly morning, and that means it is time for college football as you are listening to the Ingalls Tailgate Show right here on 92.5 WSC. And also remember, you can jump in on the show on Facebook at the 92.5 WSC Facebook page as well as we're simulcasting with the live stream. Richmond Weaver joined by John Ellis here getting you ready for Another wonderful day of college football, and I know it's early. It's 7 a.m., but I'm an early riser, so I hope all of you out there as well getting ready for a noon kickoff today at Death Valley as Clemson is hosting number 10 Wake Forest coming into town, which still a lot of implications within the ACC, and this is just another opportunity where maybe there's some magic in little in uh, uh, Death Valley. And what can Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers do today against Wake Forest? But again, I know we're getting things kicked off here early at the Powdersville Ingalls at 10903 Anderson Road. So if you want to come out and join the show, we would love to have you come down here. There's a lot of activity already this morning because people are getting out and about they know they've got to get their tailgating options uh, taken care of and also just remember this is the last weekend before thanksgiving so you might have to be getting some (laughs) your last minute thanksgiving supplies and groceries uh, needed as well so if you are that early riser there's an opportunity where it's not really crowded as yet here at the powdersville ingles but it will be a little bit later and john i know you're a little bit more of a night owl type of guy and who knows (laughs) if you even went to bed last night under my eyes here folks (laughs) yeah night owl we just keep it rolling. The forward momentum, we keep it rolling into the early morning hours. This is great to be here at Ingalls in Powdersville, as Richmond said. If you're an early riser or if you're not, come on out. Ingalls low prices, love the savings. We have shoppers out here already getting their shopping on for the big game today. It's a noon kickoff, so obviously the tailgating is going to start a little earlier today. So if you're in the Clemson area or heading down that way in Powdersville, Come on by and see us. We'll be here for the next two hours uh, previewing the big game. Wake Forest, Clemson, a lot on the line for both teams right now. Yeah, there definitely is. And I would have to say if you are making your way to uh, Death Valley, just make sure these noon kickoffs, it's a little bit different in terms of the traffic and the bottleneck that occurs, everybody trying to get in all at once. And so if you can leave a little bit earlier, please Mm -hmm. do so uh, because this can be a little bit of a challenge. I think this is going to be a situation where the fans are going to be very active in terms of knowing that this is the last home game of the season, which that's crazy in itself to think about. (laughs) Unbelievable. Just how fast it's going, you know, right now. And Clemson, 
with an opportunity still. Can they get a 10-win season? Yeah. And they have to make sure they take care of business for the next regular season games and then obviously would get a bowl bid because they are bowl eligible. Right. And could they then get the 10th win during a bowl game? So now before the Wake Forest game, obviously, today, we had the UConn game last week. And, yeah. you know, it's one of those games where, you know, a lot of players didn't play. This was an opportunity to get some other players some game time action. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still a lot of injuries for Clemson right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was an opportunity where, you know, how much can you take away from an opponent like UConn, who's obviously not at the same level? And uh, obviously, they. Uh, made a change at head coach with Randy Etzel announcing that he was going to retire at the end of the season, and UConn administration said, thanks, but no thanks. You can just go ahead and exit out <laughs> right it. now. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, it. Go on now, please. And, and Lou Spanos was the interim uh, head coach there, and then they just recently announced right before, uh, a couple of days before the Clemson game last weekend, Jim Mora Jr. was going to take over as head coach for UConn mm-hmm. and try to resurrect that program. And again, Randy Etzel had done a really good job uh, many years ago uh, when UConn was in the Big East. They go to an Orange Bowl. Dan Orlovsky, who's now on ESPN, was quarterback, and he played mm-hmm. uh, almost 12 years in the NFL uh, for the Detroit Lions. So, I mean, they had some talent at that time, but they just have not been able to get to back to that type of level of play and you could see early on that this game was obviously a situation where Clemson was the much more talented team but for how this season is going how appropriate was it or even ironic that opening kickoff Connecticut takes it 99 yards for a touchdown, not, right? and it's seven to nothing Why in the first not? 15 seconds. <laughs> <It's just laughs> Clemson fans everywhere were like, "Are of, you kidding me?" Symptomatic of how it's been all year for Clemson fans. Just this stunned look on the fans' faces from the cameras I saw. And yeah, it was a tough way to start the game. Obviously, you don't want to give up a kickoff return for a touchdown, especially against a team such as UConn that had had one win coming into this game. But from there, they, Clemson played a pretty good game. Again, there were some warts in this game you could look at offensively. They did turn the ball over. You can't do that. DJ threw an interception. You don't want to see that. Uh, defensively, they did what they had to do in this game. Obviously, they held the quarterbacks to under 115 yards passing combined. That's always good. Negative 17 yards rushing for UConn. I don't care who you're playing. That's good football. That's domination. They didn't run the ball a lot, but when they tried to, they had no success. So it's a win. They moved to 7-3. and three. They're 5-0 and at home now. This is it, though, the big home finale. And it's hard to believe that, it, given what's you know been a very sort of lackluster season at times for Clemson. They're sort of rising now. At the end of the year, they're playing their best football now, and you hope they can get one here, get one next week, get into a bowl game and finish with 10 wins. That's the goal right now. Yeah, it is. And I think also, just from a perspective, knowing that you still have an outside shot at the ACC Atlantic yeah. Division and getting to Charlotte on December 4th. And we can, we'll break that, break that down a little bit more during the show. But I think from this UConn game, you wanted to see some things, at least offensively. Could you get over 400 yards mm-hmm. of total offense? They were able to do that with 476. Could the defense really shut down Connecticut? And they were able to do that as well. They held Connecticut to 99 total yards. Yeah. I mean, anytime you hold a team to under 100 yards, That'll work. that's impressive. Yeah. right? But I would have to say, I think from the fans' perspective and when you're looking at the game, it still seemed to be – 
a grind. Even though you win 44 to 7 yeah. and you're in control the whole time, it just seemed to be a situation where it wasn't easy. No, nothing felt easy about it. it. Definitely, it did not feel easy. And, and again, you're, you're having some injuries. Uh, DJ Uwe Unglele obviously is not 100%. He's right. wearing a brace. He's got the PCL strain. And you, know, you think that, okay, you know, how much is he actually going to play? And then so Tyson Pumachon comes in and helps, obviously, with his run game ability. Yep. Then he throws a pass, and then he hurts his shoulder. And <laughs> then you're like, the oh, same, my goodness. Though. I mean, it's this is what we've dealt with all year with Clemson. Par for the course. When things start going well, even when you generate a 30 to nothing lead in the first half, it still feels like you're grinding uphill. There's always something, whether it's the kickoff return early on, whether it's uh, the inability for Clemson to stay healthy. There's always an injury right around the corner, it seems. So they build momentum. They build leads. Even against uh, substandard teams, it feels like at times they're just not clicking on all cylinders like they were perhaps last season. That's about talent. That's about players. It's, there's a lot of youth right now on this team. They're learning to grow together, learning to play together. It just takes time, and they're coming together. But, again, they got out of there with the win, and they should have. But it turns to Wake Forest now, which that's a much different test, obviously, than UConn. No, it definitely is. And, you know, from an injury perspective, you know, Will Shipley did not play. Kobe Pace did not play. Yep. So you're looking at a run game uh, with Darian Rencher uh, there, uh, you know, starting and also getting uh, Phil Moffa uh, some playing time as well. But then you have Justin Ross uh, leaves the game with an injury. Yep. James Skowski uh, exits out early uh, with you know, uh, some apparent injury, but it looks like he will be ready to go. But Justin Ross is done for the season. Yeah, uh, that's stress, a bad one. Stress fracture, he's going to have surgery, and it was basically announced that uh, he's going to have surgery and then now focus on getting ready for the NFL Combine yep. and getting ready for uh, the next chapter. And, you know, you can look at with Justin Ross, you know, how this season went for him, obviously not what he had hoped. And he's been dealing with an injury that was undisclosed for from the beginning of the season. Nobody right, really right. talked about it. And, you know, maybe that was part of the reason why he looked a little off. He didn't yeah. look the same, uh, what you've seen over the uh, past uh, couple of years when he was playing, obviously, his freshman and sophomore year. But it was interesting to hear Coach Sweeney talk about this season for Justin Ross and him, his ability for the next level. And it was pretty apparent that there was no questions that Dabo Sweeney said, he does not even need to be here another year. He didn't need to be <laughs> here this that, year. Right. He's, a, he's ready for the next ready level. Ready to rock and roll. And, and he's, got the, he's got the intangibles and the tangibles to do it. Obviously, it's 6'4", Justin Ross is the prototypical X receiver that you look for in the National Football League in the draft. Uh, we talked to Jordan Reed yesterday from ESPN on our show on 104.9 Fox Sports Upstate. Game on, 4 to 6 p.m. Every weekday you can catch us there. Jordan does a great job, and he has some doubts about whether teams will take a risk on that type of injured player. But he did say, and Jordan was very clear, the teams look for those high-level traits that Justin has in terms of breakaway speed and size this year. 46 receptions, 514 yards, three touchdowns. A lot of that was nagging stuff that he'd been dealing with. A lot of it was the quarterback play. A lot of it was the offensive line, too. So I just think he's going to be a player in the NFL to look for. It's just a sour way, I know, for him to end his career here at Clemson. But time to move on. Focus on your career. Yes, I agree with you. It's not, obviously, the way he wanted to end his career. But just remember the 
splash that he made his freshman year oh, never and the playoff run in terms of the game against Notre Dame, obviously the game against Alabama, yeah. and I, I think he was a catalyst in that explosion offensively for Clemson in that 44-16 to win over Alabama to take the national championship. And now hopefully he can have that opportunity for the next level. And I think there will be an NFL team that oh, will sure. give there him will. a shot at some It'll point. Happen. All right, could we see some chaos in the top 25 this weekend? We're going to take a look at some of the top 25 matchups. That's next. You're listening to the Ingalls Tailgate Show right here on 92.5 WESC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 92.5 WESE is the Upstate's new home for the Clemson Tigers. Continuing here on the Ingalls Tailgate Show, broadcasting live from Powdersville Ingalls at 10903 Anderson Road. Make sure you come down, check us out. We are getting you ready for the big game today at noon. Clemson hosting number 10 Wake Forest. And a lot of people would not even think that <laughs> Wake Forest would be coming in ranked number 10 and in contention to clinch the Atlantic division of the ACC. But this is Richmond Weaver joined by John Ellis as always here getting you ready for the game today. And remember, it is a noon game. And so take a little bit of extra time to get to the stadium. It's going to be a little bit more crowded. Obviously the last home game of the season as well. But this is a great opportunity to, you know, the seniors that are on this team, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as well, but to be able to send them off and hopefully you know, celebrate them and be a spark that Clemson might need today. Yeah. And we know some of the magic that can happen in Death Valley based on the fans and you know, how they can be a part of that. And I think that's going to be a big aspect today as well. You know, there seemed to be a decent crowd at the UConn game, yeah. and they didn't have to really, you know, be in a position to amp up the team necessarily. Right, uh, right. But with this Wake Forest game, it might be a little bit different. And I know yeah. it's early at noon uh, to, you know, really get amped up, but uh, there's a lot of people already getting amped up. So just make sure you take all things in consideration and just be patient trying to get into the stadium yeah. and and. Don't try to, you know, wait to the last minute because you might actually miss kickoff at that point. Yeah, that would be bad. That, that would, would be a, you never want to. You ever miss kickoff in a game? By the way, I have. It's actually. the worst yes, feeling no in fun. the world. Yes, you know whether it's Clemson, whether it's the NFL. I've been walking in the stadium, and this is not covering for the press either. Just as a fan, five minutes late, and you just feel like you didn't get your money's worth. You didn't see the whole thing. So yeah. Be safe out there. Follow this man's advice, by the way, because he's been to a few of these games. The noon kickoff is much different. The traffic can be a mess. Be safe out there. But definitely get there in time so you can see the opening kickoff because, as we saw last week, anything can happen. Yeah. And, I, I rem and you talk about something so fast at the beginning of the game. I, re I remember this was in, I think, 1999. Now, this is a baseball uh, situation. Okay. So I was living out in San Diego, and this was the year – 
that Mark McGuire broke the single-season home run That's record. That's right. I remember it. So the Cardinals uh, come into uh, San Diego, and of all things, it just happened to be my birthday. And so went to the game with uh, several friends, and – there's really not a whole lot of tailgating seen at a baseball no, stadium in San Diego, but th- there was a little bit. A little and bit so then. we were just taking our time and thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, th- nothing happens in the first inning in baseball. And, of course, Mark McGuire hits a home run in the first <laughs> inning and we miss it. <laughs> you can't so, miss those. The, those are moments you never get back. That special season for yeah. Mark McGuire. That's a unique one right there. Uh, I've yes. never had one quite like that. I remember walking to a Panthers game one time, the season they won one game all year. And it was towards the end of the year playing the Cardinals, and we could hear the PA announcer, John Robinson at the time, who we were outside Bank of America Stadium. He's saying, fumble on the play, Richard Huntley, Panthers, Cardinals take over. And we're like, oh, why are we here? <laughs> exactly. This doesn't make any sense. So in that case, we probably should have just turned around and got back in the car. Yes, you should have. Get there on time, folks. Get there on safe. time. Yes, that, that's the main thing. Just get there on time so you can celebrate this last home game for Clemson, taking on number 10, Wake Forest. And, again, we'll talk about some of the key matchups in this uh, top 25 matchup. At least one team is in the top 25. And, again, I know people did not expect and would have never predicted that – Wake Forest would be coming in as the number 10 team and not Clemson Well, to be fair, point. two teams in this game should be in the top 25. If oh, you're asking should. these two analysts right here, uh, we've talked about that all week, and it's just insane, but that is what it is, and it's more motivation. It's mind-boggling that Clemson is not getting any type of recognition. It's crazy. Uh, and I, you know, I can understand maybe a little bit from the playoff committee, but uh, for the other polls, and again – those polls don't matter. It's all about the committee rankings. But right. when you see a Mississippi State at 6-4 and four at number 25 in the country, that just blows my mind considering um, Clemson lost to the number one team, the closest that anybody has played yeah. the number one team in the country. Right, exactly. And then lose on the road in double overtime to a ranked NC State team yeah. and lose on the road in a close game to Pittsburgh to Kenny yeah. Pickett, who's one of the better quarterbacks in the country it right now. It doesn't make any and sense. Pittsburgh is – if they beat Virginia today, then they clinch the coastal side of the ACC and yeah, they'll so play in Charlotte. So those your are – Your three losses are very quality, quality yes. losses. You hate to say that, but that's how they measure it. And, you know, the AP poll is what it is. You know, I think we both agree that that's not where you look for your content in terms of – Right now in the season, how do you rank them? And Clemson's out of the playoff race anyway, but the respect factor, you want to see them get recognition, especially these seniors, these guys who won't be here next year, but just beat Wake. Hey, Let's start is, with that. Yeah, th- th- this is a crazy season in itself. Uh, but then when you look at today in terms of top 25 matchups, uh, there are some implications in terms of there might be some shuffling based on teams losing today, especially when you look at the top ten and another noon kickoff. And this is par for the course for the Big Ten. They love noon kickoffs. Noon kickoffs. Uh, and you can uh, see this on ABC, but it's number seven, Michigan State, led by Mel Tucker, who just received a nice contract extension. Uh, so he's a very happy camper in terms of what his bank account's going to be over the <laughs> next several right. years. But this is an opportunity where he – Really wants to obviously get a win in the horseshoe, taking on the Buckeyes, Ohio State, who are sitting at nine and one right now and seven and zero in the Big Ten. And I, John, we talked about this yesterday on uh, again 104.9 Fox Sports Upstate on our show Game On that you can hear Monday through Friday, four to six p.m. I am blown away that this is a top seven matchup, two teams. Ohio State ranked four, Michigan yeah. State. 
ranked seven, and it's a 19-point spread. <laughs> a 19-point spread. That's How is crazy. that possible? I don't know. We talked about this yesterday on air, and I don't understand – how you come up with 19 points is the spread here. I just don't get it. Mel Tucker's team plays good defense. They run the ball and with Walker as well as any team in the country. 19's a steep one. I'm not touching that. I don't touch him anyway because I'm not a gambling man. But that's a disrespectful line if you're Michigan State. It Very is. disrespectful. It is. And it makes me think, okay, obviously Vegas, they know what they're doing. So sure. they've got this thing figured out. Now, they're not always right, but uh, majority of the time they are right. And that to your point, that's why I don't bet because I don't like losing money like that. <laughs> I don't uh, have money to lose. <laughs> <laughs> so it, this is, it, you know, is Las Vegas telling you something in terms of either Ohio State should be ranked higher than four or Michigan State should be ranked lower than seven because an almost three-touchdown spread is just insane at this point yeah. considering – you know, I know Michigan State lost to Purdue, but Purdue has this spoiler type of mentality. That's yeah. why they call them the spoiler makers right now. That's and, right. You know, and they can beat these, uh, you know, ranked teams like that. And Michigan State at one point was number three in the country and had a great win against Michigan. So if Ohio State is a 19-point favorite over Michigan State and they beat Michigan State and say Michigan beats Maryland uh, right. today on the road – and the game next week is in Ann Arbor. But would you not think that then Ohio State still has to be a double-digit favorite over Michigan because sure. Michigan State beat Michigan? Yeah, you would think by that logic that's how Vegas would go with this. And, and I know and it's not always transitive property that works no, in sports, but, but, but you, you have to take that in consideration. You would probably think that that would be the line there. Again, how this game shapes out, I think it's going to be relatively high-scoring. Uh, Mel Tucker does not like that. We talked about that on our show yesterday. Makes him want to, quote, vomit because he's a former defensive back. He's a defensive coordinator guy from the NFL, and obviously his background is defense. He wants to be able to come in and hold C.J. Stroud in check and hold them in contain. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. What they can do is get Kenneth Walker going early, control the clock. Mel Tucker wants this to be a lower-scoring game. The over-under right now is 69-and-a-half. I think Mel would be happy with a 45. <laughs> it's not going to go that way. But as you said, it's a noon kickoff, another one of those awkward games where it's like they got to get going early. And by 3 or 4 p.m., we're going to have a good idea as to where we stand in this top four based on this game right now. Oh. It'll be a big chess piece that uh, ends up falling here in this race for the top four. Uh, it's going to be very interesting and also going to be very hard for Michigan State to slow down C.J. Stroud. He's yeah. over 3,000 yards passing and 30 touchdowns sure. on the season so far. So when you look at some of the other games in the top 25, I think it is an interesting matchup. Georgia Tech on the road at number eight, Notre Dame. That's yeah. on NBC at 230. Not that I think that Georgia Tech can win the game necessarily, but – Again, you know, it's the Rudy Rudiger game, though. Uh, well, I mean, it is. That's right. Yeah. So you, you never know. My big close one. You never know what can happen. Uh, I, I just don't think Jeff Collins and Georgia nah. Tech. But again, sometimes there's these slip up games, and you start overlooking, you know, some yeah. teams. Maybe you know something could happen there. I think the other one that could draw some interest. That's at three thirty today. Uh, number twenty one, Arkansas, on the road against Alabama, yeah. and. You know, we've seen Alabama struggle a little bit, not, sure. not necessarily, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, from the 
uh, offensive side, they've still been able to score, led by uh, Bryce Young, and yeah. we'll talk a little bit more about uh, him and some of the Heisman hopefuls. Uh, but I, I think this is a situation where Nick Saban knows that, okay, he's still got to get his team ready. I mean, their mission yeah. is – Get to Atlanta, get to take Atlanta. on Georgia, That's and it. win another SEC championship. That's it. And, you know, Arkansas to that point have, you know, played some good football lately. They topped LSU last week. They took down Mississippi State. Their losses have been against very good teams, Richmond, Georgia, Mississippi, and then Auburn. So I think they'll hang tough, but I think it'll be a typical Alabama pull-away type of situation in the last 30 minutes of this game. And then at 7.30 tonight, Oregon – Traveling to number 23, Utah. Another underdog. This is what's interesting (laughs) is Oregon is the number three team in the country playing the number 23 ranked team in the country. But Oregon is a three-point underdog here. And that's why it it makes no sense (laughs) if you're an outside perspective. But these Vegas guys, they know it. So I trust what they can put together. But my eyeballs tell me that doesn't make any sense. Check back around about 12 hours and see what they know. We'll check back with you on that one. We've got much more coming up. You're listening to the Ingles Tailgate Show right here on 92.5 WESC. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. 92.5 WESE is the Upstate's new home for the Clemson Tigers. Good Saturday morning as the sun is starting to rise now. It's going to be a beautiful Saturday, and we are very excited that you're here on the Ingalls Tailgate Show on 92.5 WESC, and we're actually I see Eric over here with Ingles is starting to set up a nice buffet of tailgating Walling food you off options. Here. You gotta yes. stay. Yeah, look, you've been working at that junkyard out there with Ben Bulware. We gotta keep you fit, buddy. That's my food right there. I'm taking that stuff home. That's my energy over there, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's rich- good, man. It's good stuff. Richmond Weaver here with John Ellis, as always, getting you ready for Clemson taking on Wake Forest today at noon. And so there's, you know, obviously. Uh, a lot of excitement going on in terms of everybody getting ready to celebrate this last home game for Clemson yeah. against Wake Forest. And, again, it's still just crazy to say the last home game this season. Yeah. I know there's only been six home games for Clemson this season. But where we are the weekend before Thanksgiving, I mean, it's it's just crazy. And remember – Thanksgiving is next Thursday, everybody. So if you do not have all of your Thanksgiving uh, supplies, groceries in order, you need to start getting on that pretty quickly. And you can just do that at any of your local Ingles here in the upstate. And even come down this morning right now, there's some activity going. We see a lot of people starting to get here now. And they're taking advantage of a little bit of a quiet time right now here early in the morning. If you're an early riser, come on down. See us at 10903 Anderson Road, the Powdersville Ingles. 
We're set up here in the Corner Cafe. It's a nice setup Love here. It. And, it. It, you know, you, you can't beat everything that they have here. Yeah. And also remember, if you're listening and you want to jump on and check out uh, where we are, you can do that on the 92.5 WSC Facebook page as well as we're simulcasting live. And also you have the option of listening on the iHeartRadio app as well. So multiple options as we get you ready for the game today against Wake Forest where Clemson, John, is actually looking to have their 13th consecutive victory against Wake Forest. And that's something, huh? 12 straight losses. The last one that Wake won, it was a big one, too. It had ramifications. 12-7 to win in 2008. That was the end of the Tommy Bowden era. And that's what ushered in the Dabo Swinney era. So there's a, some history with this series that is somewhat fascinating to me. It's hard in the ACC. I don't know what level you're at. I don't care what level you're at. To go 12 straight against a team. And so... Does that streak in today? You would think it could, based on Sam Hartman's play, based on the Wake team we've seen this year offensively. They're much better in terms of uh, just moving the ball, scoring. The defense is still a problem, but this history does have some tradition. It does. Yeah, it does. And Clemson is dominated this series overall when, when you're looking at, you know, from that perspective. And this is a, a team where Clemson has – you know, for the most part, always been able to control Wake sure. Forest. Yeah. And you talk about that game in 2008, and I remember it was a Thursday night game, and uh, you just could see that the team was in disarray. And even I remember Kirk Herbstreet on the call talking about, uh, as the game was progressing, systematic failure for Clemson. Yeah. And that did usher in the Dabo Sweeney era yeah. based on – that Monday after that, it was determined that Tommy Bowden was going to step down and Dabo Sweeney was going to be the interim head coach yeah. uh, for the rest of the season. And then ultimately he did get that uh, interim tag removed and yeah. became the full-time head coach. And then you, you look at you know th those type of situations where that game in 2008 against Wake Forest, that was the end of Tommy Bowden. In 1998, the last time Wake Forest has beaten Clemson in Death Valley, yeah. that was the end of the Tommy West and that's era. Something, right? And so, Wake Coach Forest, killers. I know, yeah, so Wake Forest is something else. I right? don't think that'll be happening this year. No matter what happens, uh, Dabo, you're safe, my friend. But no, it's some interesting history. How about this one from 1981, where Clemson defeated Wake Forest on Halloween, 82 to 24. And we're talking about Wake Forest being like a basketball scoring team. There's a basketball blowout for you, 82-24. to 24. Uh, That was the highest scoring ACC game in Clemson history until 2012 uh, when NC State and Clemson combined for 110 points. Again, not a lot of history in terms of this being an even matchup, but there's been some history in terms of the stats, in terms of the superlatives, and some of the storylines, like you said. Last game for Tommy West, last game for Tommy Bowden, and it ushered in two new eras at that point. It sure did, and you look at even from most wins versus a single opponent, uh, Clemson all-time, the, the most wins they've had is actually against South Carolina with 71 wins. Now they've played more games, so it's yeah. a more opportunity to win those games. But at number two is Wake Forest with Clemson leading that series 68-17-1. Uh, to 17 to one. So yeah. 68 victories for Clemson in that series. And, you know, it does usher back even to, you know, back to the Southern Conference days yeah. uh, with, with both teams there. But it's, you know, it, it is that situation where, you know, Clemson – now, you know, 
can they capitalize on you know some of the the past history, the past success that they've yep. had? Yep. You know, and uh, last year against Wake Forest, they they opened up the COVID season on the road in yeah. Winston Salem, so it was very unique from that perspective. Uh, and Clemson wins thirty seven to thirteen, and that was another game where Trevor Lawrence uh, continued to showcase just why he was going to be the number one overall pick. Yes. I mean, uh, he, had, he set a Clemson record with his 18th career 100-yard rushing performance uh, by running back Travis Etienne, yeah. uh, I, I should say. But it was also just Trevor Lawrence just in command, in control of that game. And then the last home game against Wake Forest was in 2019, uh, that was a number three Clemson and beating – Wake Forest 52 to 3 so just a dominating fashion on senior day so now this is another senior day another so senior could this be a situation where okay can Clemson have that type of performance against Wake Forest yeah, but there's some incentive there obviously with, with seniors you've got a lot of seniors on this team that'll be honored today obviously uh, one of which is the kicker BT Potter maybe he's a big impactful guy in this game we'll see a lot of guys, including the punter as well, Will Spires, the, the entire special teams unit in terms of the kicking game. Big day for these guys. But, yeah, the series history, uh, you got to think there's not a lot of things you can take from that and apply to this year because Wake is a different team than we've seen in the past. Clemson has struggled. They've had their issues. But, again, it's at a noon kickoff. It's at Death Valley. It's a hostile environment for Wake Forest. It's a different stage for them. And there's still that aura with Clemson. We know that. ACC teams feel that, and when they come into that house, it's all about making it your house. And I know Dabo and uh, Coach Venables and everybody talk about that every week, you know, defending your turf, and this is a big one to defend this week. They're going to have to defend every blade of grass, as they say, because this Wake Forest team is very prolific. Well, and you talk about that 1981 win as well, where Clemson wins 82 to 24. The following year is interesting that Clemson defeats Wake Forest in Tokyo, in Japan, Tokyo. of yeah. all things, 21 to 17, to close out an ACC championship for the Tigers that year. And then in 2006, I vividly remember this game. This was on the road at Wake Forest. Clemson wins 27 to 17, but. The late gain Adams, yeah. uh, defensive end there for Clemson. I'll never forget it. Uh, their Wake Forest is getting ready to kick a field goal, and Wake Forest is up 17 to three at this moment. So it looks like they're going to take a 20 to three lead, mm -hmm. and th the game was over. I mean, you could just sense that yeah. there was no hope for Clemson mm -hmm. in this game, but somehow Gaines Adams gets through the line and blocks the. Uh, field goal really wasn't even a block necessarily. It was like he runs into the the place uh, the placeholder. Yeah. He just swallowed the whole thing yes, basically. He, sure it was, did. he immersed and the kick. He didn't just block it. I remember yeah, seeing yeah. that highlight. That was a great moment for the late Gaines Adams. And, and you're right. What a, what a play that was. Yeah, and that uh, spurred on in, in terms of. Clemson got things going, cut the lead 17-10, to 10, and then they scored 24 points in the fourth quarter and end up you know, winning that game. But that was a game against Wake Forest who ended up winning the ACC championship that year. That's very so true. It's very interesting. Very true. And then in 2011, another memorable game, uh, Tigers ended up winning 31-28 to 28 on a 43-yard field goal from Chandler Catanzaro on the last play of the game, and that gave the Tigers the Atlantic Division title. And Clemson went on to win its first ACC title in 20 years. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, and that was obviously a very memorable game yep. from that standpoint. There's some history there. Like oh, we there's said, a I lot mean, of history. It's one-sided for the most part, but there's a rich history in terms of what Clemson has accomplished in these games, and this could be another feather in their cap here on senior day, knocking off a top-ten opponent. Again, it feels kind of weird, I know, for Clemson fans out there because you're used to being in the top five every year, year in and year out for the past uh, half a decade here. But they're always up for the challenge. This could springboard them the next season. It's always about carrying that momentum over. So if they can somehow pull it off against Wake today, and I think they can, it'll be a big springboard to next season. And in 2018, Clemson beat Wake Forest 63-3, to so a 60-point margin of victory in that game as well. So you can see that throughout this series, they've been able to score a lot of points. Yes, and, and actually, under Dabo Sweeney, the combined score is – 479 to 140. <laughs> so that, that right there. That's wow. an average victory margin of 28.3 points there. And Clemson has scored at least 28 points in all 12 games under Dabo Sweeney against Wake Forest. So you know that there's been some offensive struggles, yeah. but – can this be a situation where Clemson actually gets some things going offensively? And we're going to talk a lot more about that as we break down some of the key stats and key matchups uh, in, in this game. But this is an opponent that Clemson has had a lot of success as we've kind of gone through some of the, the series history here. And, you know, th this is, you know, I think an opportunity where not only are you looking for your 13th victory against uh, Wake Forest uh, overall, but also you're looking at your 11th uh, straight victory at home against oh, Wake absolutely. Forest. So you know, the, you know, the the stats seem to be on Clemson's side right now throughout this history. But as, as you talked about, this is a different Wake Forest well, team. It's but different in, in the fact that Wake right now has 447 points on the season, but Clemson leads the conference in points allowed, 153. So it's a great matchup when you look at offense, defense. I'm an X's and O's guy. I know you are too. I like to look at you know tape and film and dive deep into the matchups. And we'll talk more about that in a bit. But I just love the fact that these two teams are on a collision course right now. And it's offense versus defense. It's going to be a great matchup. But over the years, you're right. Man, that what was that margin again? Dabo against Wake, that twenty-eight points a game. Twenty-eight points, average oh, victory, uh, a margin of victory. That's complete ownership right there. That's uh, oh, just <laughs> oh, it is. And and even look, we talked about how Clemson and Wake Forest used to be in the Southern Conference, yeah. and so the the all-time wins is sixty-eight wins for Clemson. Yeah. But since uh, they both went to the ACC in nineteen fifty-three. Clemson has won 58 games versus nine losses and one tie. <laughs> you know, so that's ownership uh, that, right there. That is one-sided, completely one-sided yeah. domination. And again, a lot of those games haven't even really been close. No, not and, at all. You know, and and I get it. Wake Forest is obviously a a different type of school than Clemson. They're a basketball school. Just say it. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> and there would historically be, so at least historically so. Yes, I probably so. You know that. I think they're on the outskirt, though, of when you're looking at the North Carolina schools from a basketball perspective. Yeah. You've obviously got the Duke. You've got the North Carolina. You've got NC State, you know, that tobacco road right, type right. of uh, situation where Wake Forest seems to be a little bit on the outskirts. Now, they've had success with Dave Odom, but they've yeah. never really had, you know, the same type of success yeah. that NC State and obviously Duke and North Carolina have. When you, when you think Wake, though, I mean, to that point, you think, I think basketball first always, and this is a big year for them. You don't think Arnold Palmer? 
Oh, golf too. Oh, well, there you oh, go. Let's talk right. some golf. <laughs> Jay Haas, Curtis Strange, Arnold Palmer. That's a rich history. Billy Haas, my good friend there who played uh, on the PGA Tour. That is a rich program in terms of golf history. But uh, I always think basketball. I always yeah, go back but, to the Dave Odom days. And, but they're uh, such but, a, you know, they're a small private school. Private school, you know, So yeah. it's a little bit different. And that's why I think, you know, what Dave Clawson's been able to do right now oh God, yeah. at Wake Forest is pretty impressive. Sure and do. how is he not getting some more – uh, I guess recognition and yeah. more attention in terms of some of these other programs that are going to be open in terms of head coaching opportunities. So it'll be interesting to see if his name comes up. I think eventually it will. He it, keeps building a top ten program at Wake Forest, which is not easy to do. Eventually, you'll get your name mentioned with uh, these USC, LSU type jobs. It'll happen. I think so as well. All right. We've got much more. We've got some Heisman talk that is heating up as we're getting ready to finish out the season. Only two games left in the regular season of college football, which is crazy. So we're going to take a look at some of the names that might hoist that trophy at the end of the season. That's next. You're listening to the Ingalls Tailgate Show right here on 92.5 WESC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 92.5 WESE is the Upstate's new home for the Clemson Tigers. Another wonderful Saturday morning here on the Ingalls Tailgate Show. Richmond Weaver joined by John Ellis, as always, right here on 92.5 WESC. And also remember, you can listen on the iHeartRadio app or even go to the 92.5 WESC Facebook page as we are simulcasting with the live stream as well. Make sure you jump in there and let us know any of your predictions for today. Can Clemson take down a number 10 Wake Forest team and some of the other games that are going to be in action today. Are we crazy to think that it's bizarre that Ohio State is a 19-point favorite <laughs> over Michigan State, I who's don't think is ranked crazy. number seven in the country? We're crazy for a lot of reasons, especially me, but not for this reason. This is insane. <laughs> There's no way Michigan State is 19 points worse than Ohio State on any field. I'm sorry. I don't see it. But as you said, Vegas always seems to know something. They've got their intel. They have their sources. Like I said, we'll come back in 12 hours. We'll have this discussion, you and I, on text and see who was right. But I don't yeah, think it's right. going to happen. I, I don't think so either. I'm not going to bet it. But <laughs> I'm if, never gonna if bet I'm it. pressed, I'm taking – Michigan I'm, yeah, State. Point. I'm taking yes, Michigan I'm taking, that's State. That's a lot of there. points. That's I know it's on the points. road and all of that. Yeah. But it is also interesting that you're in a situation as, you know, there's a lot of Heisman talk really heating up yeah. now. Only two regular season games left in the season. And this is an opportunity where two guys that are in the Heisman hunt, yeah. uh, so to speak, and you've got C.J. Stroud, quarterback for. Uh, Ohio State, and then Kenneth Walker the third, the running back for Michigan State. And both of these guys, I would say, are top five candidates uh, for the Heisman. And can this be an opportunity where 
know, can you have a performance where not only do you put up some stats, and that's obviously part of it as well, but I think there's always an aspect with the Heisman. Who has the Heisman moment? The moment. And I remember right. like Lamar Jackson uh, when he won the Heisman. Oh, he yes. had the Heisman moment yeah. early on against Florida State, yeah. and just, you know the when he's jumping over a guy mm -hmm. and scores a touchdown, yeah. and you know it's those type of things. Now he had some stats to go with it, but sure, I. Yeah. But I still think Deshaun Watson should have won the Heisman that year. That's a whole other conversation. Objectively, I agree with you. I <laughs> yeah. thought he was a better and player that year. that's just not my Clemson bias No, there. no, I think I, it's a very I, fair point. Deshaun was amazing that season. He should have won it, but so it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. And so this game, though, with Ohio State, Michigan State, you've got C.J. Stroud, quarterback for Ohio State, and uh, what he's been able to do. Now, I, I think you know maybe he's a little bit you know down the list based on you know who the top guys are, but – you look at his stats, though, over 3,000 yards passing at yeah. 3,036, 30 touchdowns, only five interceptions, and with a uh, completion percentage of basically 69% and a QBR rating of 179.4. <laughs> and also he has four rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, he's, get he's been able to put up some quality stats. And, yeah. you know, when, but then when you look at uh, Kenneth Walker III, who – I thought he had a Heisman moment, at least from an overall performance against Michigan in that right, big right. win when he uh, carried the ball for 197 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. And, I mean, he was a big part of that win. And you look at you know him uh, as the running back for Michigan State, he's got almost 1,500 yards rushing, averaging six and a half yards per carry, yeah. uh, 17 touchdowns, and also he's got 85 uh, receiving yards. So he's not big, you know, coming out of the backfield catching the ball, but he does have a touchdown yeah. uh, as well. So a total of, you know, 18 total touchdowns. So it's it'll be interesting to see those two guys, you know, and who can, you know, have the better performance in this Here, top seven matchup. irony for you, too. The two worst games for both of these guys this season, I would say, were against Nebraska. Stroud threw a couple of interceptions against Nebraska. He's got five on the season. Half of those basically were against Scott Frost's team. And then Kenneth Walker only rushed for 61 yards on 19 carries against that team. So there's a common thread there, too. So Nebraska might be a little bit better than <laughs> their record shows. I, is that how the committee should think, be thinking? Put Nebraska in the top four. Here we go. No, we're kidding, of course. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch those two battle it out. And you're right. It's always about the Heisman moment. I remember the, you know, the – Oh my goodness! Thinking back, what year was it when Desmond Howard did the pose? Oh yeah, that yes. was forever I ago. That game, and that was against Ohio State. Against so, Ohio State, yeah. yeah. And that was the biggest stage for them, obviously, and the biggest moment. And he, he did the pose, and obviously that gave him the momentum. Uh, but there's always a moment. There's always a signature moment with these guys, and uh, it'll be fascinating to watch this game because I think it might be down to these two guys at this point. I, I really do. There well, are other contenders. I, I think in all regard that for whatever reason, Alabama's always going to get a nod. And so right now, uh, the odds favorite, if you're going based on Vegas, it's actually Bryce Young, and quarterback for Alabama. Yeah. And he's – He's thrown for over 3,000 yards as well at 3,025 and 33 touchdowns, three right, interceptions right. with a 70.9% uh, completion percentage and a QBR rating of 180.1. So his numbers are right in line with C.J. Stroud. They're sure. both very uh, comparable from that standpoint. Yep. And uh, Bryce Young also has two touchdowns rushing, uh, but he doesn't utilize his legs necessarily because he doesn't need to. I mean, he's a very competent Good quarterback. Passer, yeah. uh, but then you look at in the ACC, 
a guy that uh, has at least picked up some momentum, but I don't think he gets enough attention at all. And that's Kenny Pickett, oh, uh, quarterback good. Uh, at Pittsburgh. He's got over 3,500 passing yards, 32 TDs, four interceptions with a 68% completion percentage and a QBR rating of 169.6. And then he also has 231 rushing yards with four TDs. So statistically, he's right there with those guys and even maybe a little bit better uh, statistically speaking. But he's in a situation where he's not on a well-known team, right, he's it's not Pitt. highly ranked, yeah. and also Pitt ended up losing to Western Michigan, and those type of losses will hurt you significantly. But if he can have a big game against Virginia and then finish out the season and play it, you know, obviously in the ACC championship yeah. game, he still has an opportunity to make a name for himself. I think he's going to be the first quarterback drafted right now, if you ask me, in this NFL draft. But, the, again, it's a light class. He's probably the top of that class right now as far as those coming into the league next year. Coming up next is our weekly segment, an inside look with Will Vandervoort from the Clemson Insider. You're listening to the Ingles Tailgate Show right here on 92.5 WESC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 92.5 WESE is the Upstate's new home for the Clemson Tigers. It's a chilly Saturday in November, and we're at Ingalls, 10903 Anderson Road in Powdersville. John Ellis, Richmond Weaver, the Ingalls Tailgate Show rolls on on 92.5 WESC. We're right here live streaming, hey, y'all, on the Facebook page of WESC-FM. Come join us there. Make some comments. You want to hear from you. Give us some feedback. We've seen a few comments already this season about what we think, where we might be getting it wrong. We want to hear back from you. Comment on that stream there on the WESC-FM Facebook page. And, Rich, we've talked about a lot of things. We have to talk about our friends at Ingalls here. This store is amazing. Low prices, love the savings. I'm looking to my left here. There is just a plethora of good eats going on here in this tailgating morning here. Starting early. Starting early. If you're out near Powdersville, come out and see us. Grab a cookie. Grab some nachos. Get out there early to the game, as Richmond said earlier, because the traffic will be an issue. But we wish you all the best out there. And while you're out there, Shop for your Thanksgiving. We're only a few days away here, my friend. I know. It's It's coming fast, as always. So Ingalls, low prices, love the savings. Joining us now on the phone, as he does every week, is the great Will Vandervoort. It's an inside look with Will Vandervoort from the Clemson Insider. That's ClemsonInsider.com. Will joins us on the show here. Will, good morning. And what are you thinking in terms of this being the last home game for Clemson this season? It's hard to believe, right? Yeah, good morning, by the way. Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, it's crazy that it's already the last home game of the regular season and we're a week, you know, a week away from the regular season uh, coming, to, coming to an end. So, uh, you know, we still don't know if there may be another week added to if they could get to the AC Championship game. Uh, Tigers can obviously backdoor that appearance uh, possibly. So that's still in the cards. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy, man, to think 
you know, Clemson's going to play their last game in Death Valley this year. You know, they only play six games there this year. They had that weird schedule where they only had six games scheduled um, because of some things that happened back when the whole Notre Dame thing came out about six or seven years ago and Notre Dame started playing ACC teams every year. Um, kind of messed up the schedule, and that's why Clemson was in the situation they were. And they wanted to play a big-name team, and so they gave up a home game so they could play Georgia. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. That, uh, that that this was the final home game of the of the uh, of this season. As we're continuing with Will Vandervoort from the Clemson Insider, <laughs> and you can check out all of their work at theclemsoninsider.com. And so, Will, last week you know, against UConn, it was a crazy start to that game, obviously, with UConn uh, taking the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. But what what can the Tigers take away from that game and getting ready for Wake Forest coming into town today? Uh, really, the only thing they took away, that was a try-to-get-things-right game. They worked on some things. It was more of a glorified scrimmage, if you will, last week. They, there's things they wanted to work on. They they held out you know, Shipley. They held out Kobe Pace because they really weren't going to try to run the ball. That wasn't their goal. <laughs> they, I know a lot of Clemson yes. fans are like, why didn't they run the ball? They didn't, run the, they didn't want to run the ball. The game plan was yeah, not right. to run the football last week. And so um, they wanted to work on the passing game, and it backfired on them be honest with you, uh, DJ struggled. Um, it probably hurt his confidence more than helped it, to be honest with you. Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, Justin Ross ends up getting injured in that game, and he's out for the season. So, yeah, it kind of backfired on Clemson and what they wanted to do. Defensively, we all knew they were going to do what they want to do. It, it, it's a shame. Clemson's defense this year has probably pitched a couple shutouts, <laughs> and, and the offensive yeah, special yeah. teams has ruined it for them. Um, you know, um, <laughs> so frustrating. So it's got to be frustrating for those guys. But they they did what they were supposed to on defense. They were very dominant on defense as we expected they would be, and uh, and that'll that'll help their confidence going into this game against the Wake Forest team that nobody in America seems to think Clemson can stop. Suddenly, uh, you know, Wake Forest has got the unbeatable offense, and Clemson just really doesn't have a chance from everything you hear around, not just nationally but locally too. A lot of people don't think Clemson can slow their uh, offense down, which I disagree with. Uh, I, I really do. So uh, I think defense, a good defense beats a good offense any day of the week. I'm going to always take that, and I think Clemson's defense is that last week's going to help them more of their confidence, which is already a very confident unit, and they'll be even more confident going into this game against Wake Forest based off what they've done in the past and um, you know what they've done this year to this point. As we're continuing with Will Vandervoort of the Clemson Insider. And so, Will, you mentioned the confidence with DJ Ui Ungle And we know he's got the PCL strain and he was wearing a big knee brace. And so how much do you think that is factoring into his level of play and also just even his confidence that does he feel he's not even 100%? Well, I know he won't say what his percentage is, and the coaches won't, but I can tell you he's not 100%. I think everybody can see that. Um, exactly. Especially, yeah. from a mo- especially from a mobility standpoint. I mean, you give him credit for going out there and gutting it out because and, 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 he is their best option. I'll just be honest with you. I mean, he is. Mm-hmm. From a passing standpoint, he is their best option. Um, I, I think everybody sees that now. Yeah, he hasn't been great at times this year and stuff, but, um, you know, he looked good against Louisville and um, – you know, he, he he gutted it out on that one. Last week you could tell it was bothering him, or at least he was thinking about it. And uh, I know Dabo said that, um, you know, he wasn't 
doing any of those things in practice the week before. Um, but Dabo did admit that he was very inaccurate um, in that game last week and that uh, that's something they wanted to get corrected this week. So, you know, we'll see how they go about doing that. I'm not sure how they do it, but, um, you know, he, he uh, he's definitely not the same guy. He's not mobile at all. Um, and that's going to be interesting how Clemson tries to run the football against his Wake Forest team, knowing, Wake Forest knowing that when DJ's in there, they really don't have to worry about the quarterback run at all. Will Vandervoort is our guest from the Clemson Insider. It's an inside look with Will Vandervoort every week right here on the Ingles Tailgate Show. I've got to ask you about your recent write-up on the Clemson Insider talking about the matchups. You mentioned the mesh point game that Wake Forest plays. It's a different type of attack. And this yeah. is an article from your friend Davis Potter is from the Clemson Insider, uh, the great site that you guys work on. But talk about that from your perspective. You've got A.T. Perry, a six foot five monster out there. Uh, Jaquari Robinson as well. They have 20 touchdowns combined. But Clemson's defense, to your point earlier, I'm with you, Will, and I think Rich is as well. We tend to agree that Clemson's pass defense, which is the best in the conference right now by my measure, at least looking at the tape, can match up well against this. Do you think they can? Do you think Clemson can slow them down, or do you think it's just going to be a field day again for A.T. Perry and Robertson? Look, if you look at the last four four years, when Wake Forest really started showing improvement, um, with their offense, they put up big numbers against every body they played, with the exception of Clemson. They have not done anything against Clemson's uh, off defense at all, and part of that reason of why, guys, is this, it's a gimmicky offense, and that's what it is. It's a gimmicky offense. Wake Forest is the only one that runs this offense, and it. Uh, and when you run a gimmicky offense, why do you run it? I'm asking you guys that question. Why? Oh, why yeah. you can't, well, I would think as if I'm a coach, you typically you go to those type of schemes because you don't feel like you can match up. You've got to, you've got you to go. work your way around that. You I'd got, imagine that's, that's right. their thinking. They're not that. matching up with people. Yeah. And so they try to go gimmicky because it gives them some kind of advantage because generally they don't have the players to really kind of overtake it with uh, a straight-up head-to-head normal style. So they go gimmicky. Yeah. It's like a triple-option offense. Except it's based off the pass. Instead of the run, Clemson has defended it well because Clemson's defensive front has been so dominant compared to anybody else Wake Forest plays. Yes. And that's the case again this year. And so how you attack those guys, this is how you do it, guys. You go and let your front four, led by Tyler Davis, led by Miles Murphy, led by Xavier Thomas, and you say, all right, guys, you're going to control the line of scrimmage, and our linebackers and safeties and corners, you're going to sit in coverage. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to bite on the run fake because we don't care if they run that little mesh. If they want to run the ball, hand it to the running back, go ahead, front four, you take care of it and make the tackles or, or funnel the guys to the linebackers and be fine. But it's more of a where you have to coach them up. And Brent Venables does a good job of, you know, he treats this game just like he used to do Georgia Tech where they spend time during, during the offseason working on it. They'll dedicate part of camp and spring practice just working on this defense. Off, I mean, offense once a week during the season. They will work on this offense just to make sure his guys are prepared for it, that they see it. So that way it's not just doing it all in one week. And then when they get to this game, that way the teams are more prepared. Their team, their defense is more prepared. So Clemson, with Tyler Dav- if Tyler Davis is in there, they're going to push that mesh. And they're going to get things. And listen to this, Miles Murphy's first game as a college player last year was against Wake Forest. He had seven tackles, three tackles for a loss, and two sacks. 
he dominated them. It, it's going to be more Xavier Thomas, and uh, and now you got a healthy Xavier Thomas um, who dominated a few years ago too. Tyler Davis pushing up the middle. I think Clemson's defensive line can control that line of scrimmage, and that's going to take Sam Hartman off his schedule. And Sam Hartman, they want he wants to pass when he wants to pass, not when you dictate for him to pass. And I think yeah. Clemson's going to dictate him to have to throw the ball. And when he has to, di- he's dictated to throw the ball. He's not as good. He's not as accurate. Also, remember, guys, he's only six foot one. It's hard for him. Yeah. Get your hands mm-hmm. up. It's hard for him to see over the line of scrimmage. I look for Clemson to have at least three or four batted bout balls today. Um, so um, I think Clemson's going to dominate this game defensively. I really do um, because they're tired. Of, they've heard all week how people have said, well, they can't stop Wake Forest's offense. And that's all they've <laughs> ever done against Wake Forest in years past. I mean, guys, it's not even close. I mean, it's like the numbers like Correct. Wake we Forest about is that. averaging yeah. like 34 points a game and over 420 yards against everybody else the last four years. Again, that's against everybody else. That's not counting the Clemson stats. That's everybody else. Against Clemson, they're averaging 212 yards of total offense and only 11 points. That's, that's all wow. you need to know. Wow. There you go. Yes, it, it definitely is as we're continuing with Will Vandervoort of the Clemson Insider. So what about from an injury standpoint? Obviously, when you're looking at that offensive line, if the run game is going to be such a vital part for Clemson's offense today, how are things stacking up right now from an injury standpoint, and who can we see uh, you know, at that offensive line unit? Well, Clemson will actually have its best lineup in uh, at offensive line that they've had since probably the Pittsburgh game. Um, after when Bockhorst got hurt. Um, remember Putnam, he's been battling injury. He's going to be back today. That's going to be a big lift for Clemson on the right side of that offensive line. You're going to see Tate, who I think has just gotten better and better each week at left guard. Um, I think you're going to see you know, him. He's going to be over at left guard. I think you're going to see Hunter Rayburn at center. Um, and then you're going to see uh, Will Putnam at right guard. So I think the middle of that Clemson offensive line is going to be much improved this week. Uh, I think they're going to be a little more continuity there, cohesion there. Um, look for Clemson to run the ball through the A-gaps all afternoon. NC State last week was just – it boggled my mind that they didn't try to run the ball. They only ran the ball 14 times against Wake Forest. And, guys, it wasn't because Wake Forest was stopping them. They averaged over six yards carry. Yeah, I know. They just <laughs> I don't they understand chose why not they didn't to. Voluntarily didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, they voluntarily didn't do it. And so, like, I don't understand why that's the case. I don't, Clemson knows that their quarterback is hurt. They know that they, they got two freshman wide receivers playing. They're going to come right at uh, Wake Forest, and they're going to try to run after that small defensive line. And I think they can. I think they can run between the tackles. We'll look for Will Shipley to have a big game. And if there's a number you're looking for today, uh, five yards to carry for Clemson. Um, if they're having five yards to carry, Clemson's going to win this game, and the offense is going to put some points on the board. Now the key thing for the offense, guys, don't turn the football over. Wake Forest leads the ACC in forced turnovers with 21. They they have gotten at least one turnover in every game this season. And, guys, nobody does a better job of converting turnovers into points than Wake Forest. Uh, last week, that was a difference against NC State. Even though they turned it over three times themselves, NC State didn't take advantage of their turnovers. Wake Forest did when they got the turnovers. And they took them into points, had short fields. They only had four, uh, 390 yards or something offense last week. The first time this year, I think they were held under 400 yards of total offense. Yet they took those turnovers that NC State gave them, and they cashed them into points, right. and that was the difference in the game. So Clemson's got to take care of the football offense. 
Every possession has to end in a, in a kick for Clemson, whether that's an extra point, field goal, or punt. Don't let it end in a turnover. Well said, Mr. Will Vandervoort of the Clemson Insider. Thank you so much, as always, each and every week. You can catch out Will here on an inside look and catch all of his work at theclemsoninsider.com. Thank you, Mr. Vandervoort. All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week, buddy, from Columbia. Yes, sir. All right, Will Vandervoort. He sounds like a Steelers fan. What do you think? Is he a Steelers fan? Talking he about a, defending the Steelers run, fan. He's being smash mouth, running the yes. football five yards a carry. That's spoken like a true Steelers fan. Will Vandervoort is always appreciate that. We'll talk more about his point about the claw fence, as it's known, in Wake Forest. It, it has some gimmicks to it. I've got some thoughts on that and more. We're going to talk about the chaos in the top 25. A lot going on, but also the chaos in the ACC. It's crazy, Richmond. We're going to look at the standings and power rankings coming up next right here on the Eagles Tailgate Show, 92.5 WESC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 92.5 WESE is the Upstate's new home for the Clemson Tigers. Roll on with the Ingalls Tailgate Show right here from the Ingalls in Powdersville. We got the bottled waters out. We are loving life out here. The tailgate crew has set things up for us, folks. Got good food, good eats, good beverages right here at the Ingalls Store, 10903 Anderson Road in Powdersville. Come out and see us. We'll be here for the rest of the hour here. Uh, we'd love to see some of you guys out here shopping. We see the crowd is picking up, Richmond. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. We can't believe that, obviously. But come out and see us. We'll be here until 9 o'clock and getting you set for the big game coming up at noon Eastern with Clemson Wake Forest. Ingalls low prices love the savings. The ACC, Richmond Weaver, what a season it's been. I mean, we've just <laughs> been talking about it every week on our show on 104.9 Fox Sports Upstate. You can hear game on, by the way, 4 to 6 p.m. on our sister station, 104.9 Fox Sports Upstate. But on that show, we've been talking a lot with some analysts out there and you and I together about this ACC and how it's been just a different kind of year. You've got Wake Forest, this offense, the claw fence, as I've seen it called, where they're putting up you know, basketball type of numbers out there on top of the uh, division right now in the Atlantic. And then Clemson's still hovering. NC State's having a good year. Pitt with Kenny Pickett doing some amazing things. But what do you make of this conference right now, Richmond? It's, it's, you know, obviously Clemson's having a bit of an off year, but they're still battling. What do you make of it? Well, obviously, you know, when you look at it from an overall perspective, you always think over the past six years that – it's an automatic. Clemson's going to be playing for the ACC championship in Charlotte, and that just is not the case this year. And I think that's what is somewhat of this topsy-turvy type of ACC with Wake Forest s- sitting there at 6-0. and And also you look at just the craziness that Wake Forest has lost a game 
two an ACC opponent, yeah. but it didn't count in the standings. It didn't count. Yes. It's so, so crazy <laughs> that I know the formula there was kind of odd, and a lot of people didn't understand it. I know you had to explain it to me at the time. But, yeah, that that's sort of a bad break for teams that are trying to chase down Wake at this point. Well, of course, <laughs> especially if you're Clemson, because now, say Clemson wins, if you're looking at the Atlantic Division with Wake Forest sitting there at 6-0 and and Clemson at 5-2 and in the yeah. conference and NC State at 4-2 and in the conference. So, obviously, Clemson has to beat Wake Forest. So, yeah. that's step number one. Step one. So, if Clemson can beat Wake Forest, now Wake Forest is sitting there with – uh, one loss, but mm-hmm. losing the head-to-head to Clemson. Right. So Clemson would need Wake Forest then to lose the last game of the season against mm-hmm. Boston College, and which now with Phil Jakovic back it's for Boston College, isn't it? and it is on the road yes. in Boston College. So there is you know somewhat of a situation where you know you could see something happen oh, yeah. like that, uh, but that's that's the scenario for Clemson to be able to be in the ACC championship game with another caveat though is because of Clemson's head-to-head loss to NC State NC State will have to lose to either Syracuse today or next weekend against North Carolina so Clemson has it is it is very feasible that that could happen so Clemson has to have some other things out of their control that has to happen and I think that's the biggest thing when you look at the ACC right now is that Clemson is not fully in control where in the previous years they have been. And they've, they've clinched the ACC you know, almost with two games left right. in the season. They've had and that, they've kind of had that almost that a bye lead. week in a way to be able to breathe a little bit, although you want to keep pushing in college football for the big prize, which is the uh, national championship. And Clemson's always done a good job of playing every game to its fullest. But to your point – Look, I mean, we talk about Clemson as if they're dead in the water. They're not. There is still a lot to play for right now in terms of their own pride, in terms of senior day, in terms of an ACC title possibility because, as you said, it's not unthinkable. You have to handle your business first against Wake Forest. That's step one. But I could see NC State losing to UNC. I could see that happening. I I could definitely see Wake Forest losing to Boston College with Phil Djokovic coming back. It can happen, which gives you hope as a fan. That's what you ask for when you wake up every morning. Give me a little hope for something bigger. At the end of the day, if they beat Wake Forest, that's a good step in the right direction for this program. It's a big game for them. It's a big game for Wake Forest, too. They're trying to cement themselves as the ACC powerhouse right now. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and I think then you even look at from the uh, coastal side where that's been the side of the conference where we've – had that label, the chaos, right, yes. <laughs> and the coastal chaos. And, and, and in terms of, what is it, over the past six or seven years, there's been a different representative yep. in the ACC championship game from the mm-hmm. coastal division just because there hasn't been a team that's been able to separate themselves year right, in right. and year out like Clemson has been able to do on the Atlantic side. And so right now you've got Pittsburgh sitting in the driver's seat and they are in control sitting at five and one and number 18 in the country as well. And they take on Virginia today. And this is an opportunity where can all Kenny Pickett also, you know, be able to put up enough numbers to keep him in the Heisman hunt, even though he's somewhat on the outside, right. you know, kind of looking in, yep. but this would be a great opportunity for him to be able to do that. Uh, against a team, Virginia, 
in terms of then also with the victory, they can clinch mm-hmm. that coastal side of the division and play for the yeah. ACC That's championship. That's so a big deal in that game. Too. It is. It is a big game. And so in Virginia is also still in the hunt, uh, you know, so if they get the win against Pittsburgh, so then now they're looking at opportunity to be able to make it to the ACC championship game in Charlotte on December 4th. But I'm not sure if Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback for Virginia is going to play today. I think there's still some questions about injury, and if he does play, is he 100%? You know, right. Can he be productive? Uh, considering, again, statistically, he's thrown for you know some of the most passing yards this season yeah. in all of Division One, sure. and so I mean he's a very productive quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but if he's not 100%, then I, I think this is a situation where Pittsburgh. You know, we'll be able to win this game and clinch. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett is just a really good quarterback, and it's just a shame that he's not getting you know more recognition, at least yeah, from the national it, perspective. It, from the national perspective, I think what you're going to see with Kenny Pickett, and this is, again, we on our 104.9 Fox Sports FM show uh, this week, we talked with Jordan Reed, who is a great NFL analyst for ESPN. He's working with Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay now on their draft coverage. And he mentioned Kenny Pickett in one of his recent articles as the top quarterback prospect or one of the top quarterback prospects in this draft. Uh, in one of the mock drafts I've seen, he's going to the Carolina Panthers maybe. But I think that with Cam Newton being added, I don't know where they go from here. But in the bigger picture with Kenny Pickett, in the NFL scouting community, he's getting a lot of praise right now. And that's, I think, where it matters for him ultimately. Pitt as well. They're pretty good defensively. They're in fourth in the conference in terms of yards per play allowed. So I think that gives them an edge, too, against Virginia with their quarterback in question right now. But, again, it's going to be interesting uh, Pitt, to see. They can score. They, they can, they score can too. put up yeah. some points. And, you know, in their loss against Western Michigan, again, it's it, you know, if you're one of those uh, people that you want to cheer for your conference, it's almost like, gosh, come on, Pittsburgh, what are you doing? <laughs> right. You know, you, you can't do that against – Western Michigan, that you makes gotta, us all look bad. Yeah, right? you, you've got to win that game. And I, I've never been that guy that, it, you know, cheering ACC or, you know, you hear mm-hmm. a lot of people, SEC, it just means more and all of that. I, I've never been, you know, touting that because I, I just look at it from a uh, NFL perspective. You know, I'm not. Right. I'm not cheering You're, NFC go East. Go NFC East. No, I'm not. It just <laughs> so when those weird. Giants won the two Super Bowls, you weren't. No, you, know, you didn't have the big blue on. You were to support the Eli Manning jersey or anything. That's great. Yeah. No, I'm the same with the Panthers. When I was a hardcore Panthers fan before I put that hat away and did journalism on it, I was like, I hated those teams in the old NFC West and the NFC South. I mean, the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl in 2002. I wasn't cheering for them, so I've never understood that. But I think it has a lot to do with the sort of the complex some fans have about the SEC being superior and trying to catch up with that. It's a whole different story there. But uh, Pitt, with Kenny Pickett, I mean, they beat Clemson. Look, that's a very good team in in their own right. So uh, we'll see what happens against Virginia. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, for Wake Forest, as we've talked about several times, they can clinch today. And this is a big moment for them. And obviously in Dave Clawson's uh, coaching era as well, a opportunity for a true signature type of win even though it's a Clemson team that's not officially ranked you know they're sitting there at seven and three and so you know I I think it's a situation where this can be an opportunity for Dave Clawson uh, to really put Wake Forest on the map and even though that Clemson team is not ranked in the top 25 it's still Clemson it's still in Death Valley and you know that's a tough place to play and obviously we talked about some of the series histories matchup you know it's a situation where you know 
Wake Forest has not had a whole lot of success against Clemson, so it would be a big opportunity. And so that's why if you look at the power rankings, you know, right now, Wake Forest would be sitting there at the top of the power rankings. You know, they had a nice victory uh, over NC State and came down to the wire with a 45-42 to win against NC State. And then you'd have to have Pitt number two. So those two teams seem to be the top two in the ACC and then NC State number three. Clemson number four, and and I think you just have to look at you know from that perspective uh, that you know you're in a situation where because of the head to head, you probably have to put NC State ahead of Clemson. I would think so. You know, yeah, even you though I I still think there's an aspect that I, from a football perspective, I still think Clemson overall. With healthy Clemson. With healthy, right. Would be a better team than NC State. But we know everybody is dealing with injuries, and also this is a situation where it's just, you know, one of those things that you have to, uh, you know, understand that throughout the season you might not have a full repertoire of your players. Usually and they NC State do, yeah. also has injuries as They've well. They've got injuries everybody too. Does. It does. This, the head-to-head thing is a big deal. I think you're right on that. Yeah, and then I've got Virginia at number five. And, again, they struggled offensively against Notre Dame, and obviously so because Brendan Armstrong did not play. And yeah, I, I think yeah. that's, a, you know, a big aspect of it. And then as you finish out uh, at the middle of the pack, Louisville, Boston College, who with Phil Dracovic can do some damage, North Carolina, Florida State, nice victory for them. And I know Melissa Level was very happy how they yeah, uh, somehow willed themselves <laughs> to a 31-28 to comeback win over their rival, Miami. And so now they're actually playing Boston College uh, today. And so that's going to be an interesting aspect to see if Florida State can keep their bowl uh, hopes alive, yeah. you know, from that perspective. And then Miami with Manny Diaz, I know they fired their uh, athletic director at Miami, and there's questions mm-hmm. about, you know, what he's going to be able to do in terms of, you know, hanging on to his job. Yeah. And I, I think overall, I, I think he's safe. I, I really do. I, I think he's been able to do enough uh, this season, uh, you know, from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And then you keep going going down at the bottom of the pack with the Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Georgia Tech, and Duke. And obviously we saw Virginia Tech – uh, making the announcement that Justin Fuente has been fired. So uh, there's a, a lot of situations in terms of, you know, what's going to happen at Virginia Tech. And I, I'm very curious to see who they go after. It'll be interesting. That's a good one to watch. And they, I don't know if they can land a top-level guy that like an LSU or a USC or, or these other programs, maybe even Penn State if James Franklin departs. So that'll be another vacancy too. I don't know if they can land that because I, I know that's a prestigious program, Richmond, with Frank Beamer, the, the whole aura behind that. And uh, Lane Stadium is one of the great venues in college football. But I think that's sort of tier two in those job searches. I do. I, I think it's a very good job, but I don't think they're going to be able to land one of these top names. It's just too yeah, competitive. I, I don't year. know. Virginia Tech is uh, – I think they've got a lot of, uh, obviously, rich history and, you know, with what Frank Beamer was able to do. I yeah. mean, they were a national – a contender. I mean, they were a team on the national forefront, and obviously, when you have players like Michael Vick, et cetera, you know, those type of guys, oh, yeah. and what Frank Beamer was able to do. I, and I think, from an ACC perspective, when they had the expansion, I, at the end of the day, you know, uh, Commissioner Swafford wanted to look at okay, on one side, it should be Virginia Tech and mm-hmm. Miami. 
in the Coastal. And then on the other side, Clemson and Florida State, those are the four teams that should be, you know, nationally known, nationally ranked, and in contention for an ACC title each and every year. Here's a couple names that have been thrown out about Virginia Tech. Bill O'Brien, that name's been thrown out there. Obviously, he had some success rebuilding Penn State. Did not do a great job at the end with the Houston Texans, but did make the playoffs a few times. And then I'm hearing Hugh Freeze's name come up. Hugh Freeze from Liberty. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's a candidate there, too. So not to disrespect Virginia Tech at all, to your point, they've got history. But there's a lot of vacancies coming up here, so it's going to be a competitive market. Well, and that's the other side. It's not just about, you know, what – Virginia Tech is from yeah. a national perspective, it's what other openings are available. Very so, to true. your point, I mean, LSU is going to be more sought after than oh, Virginia Tech. You think? <laughs> it will be, the, be the, the cream of the crop job there. I wonder where Coach O ends up. I wonder where his trajectory ends from here. Do you think he takes a few years off at Orgeron? Or oh, just, it, uh, well, it, if he follows just, everybody else, go to Alabama, be a consultant, <laughs> and resurrect formula. your career. <laughs> go see Nick Saban. Better call Nick, as they say. Well, the Tigers look to extend their 33-game home winning streak versus Wake Forest. We're going to take a look at the key matchups coming up next on the Ingles Tailgate Show, 92.5 WESC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 92.5 WESE is the Upstate's new home for the Clemson Tigers. As we roll on with the Ingles Tailgate Show, 92.5 WESC. John Ellis, Richmond Weaver coming to you live from the Ingles in Powdersville, 10903 Anderson Road in beautiful Powdersville, South Carolina. Come join us. We're here for the next half hour or so as we get you set for Clemson, Wake Forest at noon Eastern. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. We're already seeing some great shopping out here already, getting your tailgate needs on. And Thanksgiving right around the corner. You can go to Ingles-Markets.com. And find your local lingo store near you and get all the lowdown on that. So, as we continue, Richmond, to look at the ACC, we got to go deeper into this matchup, which is a big game for both teams. Clemson's still fighting for their lives right now in that ACC division race. And then Wake Forest, obviously, with a one loss on their record there, trying to maintain some momentum in the top ten. It's a big matchup. Let's talk about it. Offense versus defense, right? That's the big storyline. It's got to be. Well, it's going to be, yeah, whose offense plays versus whose defense plays. And I think that's the the key point to that. We know that Wake Forest, from an offensive production standpoint, they're averaging 44.7 points per game. Clemson is only allowing 24.4 points per game. So Mm -hmm. something's got to give there. You know, so, I mean, where where are those key matchups going to be? And I think if you look at, you know, from Clemson's defensive perspective, when we had Will Vandervoort – talking uh, earlier uh, in the segment in reference to can Clemson be able to get enough pressure up front and make Sam Hartman in some uncomfortable situations and we know that over the past 
two games, Sam Hartman's thrown five interceptions. So yeah. right now he's been struggling a little bit with the turnover situation. And if Clemson can get some early pressure on him with that that match uh, that mesh point, uh, yeah. you know, situation where they need to you know get some deep penetration right there up the middle, especially in the A gaps and yeah. things of that nature. But when you look at from the outside perspective, when you've got uh, A.T. Perry, wide receiver, and how Clemson's quarterback cornerbacks are going to match up. Now, it's going to be interesting to see if Jakari Roberson actually plays because yes. he, he left the NC State game, uh, and it's uh, nothing has really been said about his availability as of right now, and that could be a big loss uh, for Wake Forest. And Because A.T. Perry, at during in, that game against NC State, it was obvious they were trying to get him involved. He was targeted over 20 times. 20 targets. In that game. <laughs> it's like a Terrell Owenstead line right there. And that is amazing. And he only had five catches. So he yeah. actually really didn't have a, a real good game from that perspective. So I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup when you're looking at, uh, you know, Andrew Booth Jr. there, uh, Mario Goodrich, uh, Sheridan Jones, yeah. and then, you know, from the safety standpoint with Nolan Turner and Andrew uh, Makuba, those yeah. type of guys, you would think that Clemson actually has a, an advantage there, you know, on the defensive side and especially in some of the key areas where Wake Forest has been able to exploit some other defenses. I'm not sir, certain that they'll be able to do that against Clemson uh, in that regard. I, I think you make a great point there, and I, I go back to what Will Vandervoort had mentioned on the previous segment uh, in this hour here was this offense, if you've seen it in action, and then again, I study some tape from the NFL level, and a team like the Carolina Panthers runs the mesh point type of stuff with Cam Newton now back in the mix with Christian McCaffrey. What that is essentially is your quarterback is riding the ball in the belly of the running back until the last second. Sometimes they pull it back, throw a slant. Sometimes they'll keep it. Sometimes they'll just give it to the back and let him run. It creates conflict. The way Wake Forest does it, and I've been watching some tape on it, it's insane how slow it is, and they call it the slow mesh, but they just walk it up to the line. Clemson does not tolerate that. That's the thing about <laughs> Clemson. The way they played this type of offense before, it's a variation of what uh, Coach Johnson did at Georgia Tech for a long time, but with a more wide-open concept. So it's got the same principles in terms of misdirection, movement. But what you're looking to do early is, like you said, the A-gap, the B-gap. Get in there and bust some people mm -hmm. in the mouth. Make them hurt. Make them feel you. And you can get Sam Hartman off his game. To your point, he's thrown some picks lately. The whole idea behind this offense with Wake Forest is to create conflict. Probably the most disciplined defense in this conference still is Clemson, one of the most disciplined defenses in the entire country. Yes. Even with losing some guys over the past uh, few weeks here. So I do think the defense matches up favorably. I think they will be the one team this year that slows them down. Will it be enough? I don't know. But I don't think they're giving up 35, 40, 45, 50 points in this game. I don't see it. You no, know, and I actually misspoke earlier when I said that Wake Forest was averaging 44 uh, points per game and Clemson was giving up 24 points per game. Actually, Clemson is giving up 15 points per yeah, game. Right. Uh, they're, they're scoring 24 points per game. So right, I, I did right. mis, misspeak well, but, there. But, but just but, think about that, though, and how much of a disadvantage that defense has been in all season long, and they're still only allowing under 20 points yes. a game. It's remarkable. Can you imagine if Clemson still had Brian Brzee right now oh on goodness. that defensive line? I Can mean, you imagine that would Clemson, be if Clemson had an offense that could sustain drives and not turn the ball over and give the defense better field position? I think this is one of Brent Venable's best coaching jobs since he's been here. 
I really do. Yeah, based on obviously the injuries, you know, from that side of things. Yeah. And now I, I think you also uh, another key stat we talked about, and this is from our good friend Tim Bray, uh, Miss Clemson Google, basically. <laughs> and under Dabo Sweeney, Clemson is seventy and one when Clemson is able to rush for over two hundred yards. Wow. And Wake Forest is giving up 201.8 yards per game there on the go. ground. There you go. So there's an opportunity right there where, as Will Vandevoort talked about also, is that Clemson, they're going to want to run the ball, yeah. run the ball, Will Shipley, Will Shipley, Will Shipley, and then throw in Kobe Pace, Kobe <laughs> Pace, and then Phil Moffa, Phil Moffa. It's going to be all day long. pound the rock on these guys. That's what you got to do. If you look at what Wake Forest has done, they have not been that great offensively, going back to that side of the ball, against good teams. I mean, they put up some decent numbers against Louisville. Under 40, though, against Virginia. Under 40 against Florida State. They score their big points against Syracuse. They had 70 against Army. Okay. Duke, they go 45-7 on Duke, of course. NC State was impressive. But, again, this is an entirely different defense they're playing this week in Clemson. So I just think if you're a Wake Forest fan, and this is not homerism here, this is just analysis – it's pretty obvious that no one's talking about the Clemson defense. It's all about Sam Hartman, all about him being possibly the ACC player of the year. This defense is going to put a dent in that, I think. Well, and I think that's what's going to be interesting when you talk about what Wake Forest was able to do against NC State, scoring 45 points, winning 45-42, to 42, obviously. But there were some key turnovers by NC State yep. that gave Wake Forest some scoring opportunities with short field advantages, you know, things of that nature. And yep. so – to your point, yeah, this offense can score some points, but when they're in a situation, you know, going up against a defense like this, they haven't really been able to do a whole lot. And I'm just even talking throughout the series history with Clemson. Yeah. They've uh, struggled against Clemson defensively, and I think a lot of that has to do over, obviously, the, the tenure with Brent Venables is that how he has been – he has made it a point. Because if you remember – like against those Georgia Tech teams under Paul Johnson yeah. and you know that triple option offense, for a while Clemson could not could, find an answer for yeah, that. It was, it was so frustrating for Clemson. They but could Brent not Venables answer. was able to finally find an answer. Now it obviously helps when you start having some talented guys. Sure, you know hurts. what he's had uh, over the past several years. But it's almost like a whole separate competition for Brent Venables yeah. when he's matched against. Some of these funky offenses, oh, yeah, you know, he takes pride in being able to shut down these top type of offenses, and I think there's an opportunity today where he's going to really try to feast on showcasing, you know, what his guys are capable of doing. I think it's a great challenge. I really do. And Clemson has a lot to play for in terms of uh, actual tangible things still. But they have a lot to play for. It's senior day. It's the last home game of the season. It's a beautiful day outside here in the upstate. And it's just the type of game I think Clemson can can just build on. I really do. And I, I think back to, like, seasons they've had in the past and other programs where you feel like you're out of the mix of it and you feel you're down in the funk. This team has not let up in terms of their energy, their effort. And to your point about Brent Venables, he does not get enough credit nationally for what he does. I think the part of that is he's so happy here. He doesn't put his name out there like a lot of assistants do for these big jobs. So we don't talk about him a lot, but we know here what a great coach he is. And to the point about talent, yes, they have plenty of it, but you have to be disciplined. You have to play within the structure of the defense. And no team does it better, 
I think, maybe other than Alabama, than Clemson consistently on a year-to-year basis. And you're talking about Nick Saban at Alabama, one of the great defensive minds in the country. So that's good, good competition, I'm thinking, to be in, good company to be in. I think in this game, though, like we talked about, the slow mesh read stuff where they walk the ball up to the line there and they're riding the belly, you just got to just gotta go in and attack. You have one guy to crash, break up the mesh point. Brent Venables has always been good about that against those Georgia Tech teams, which was honestly more of a run-heavy concept, but same principles. Again, misdirection, just interrupted early, and then on offense, like you said, pound the rock. Wake can't stop the run. Clemson's great when they run the ball. Pretty easy formula. Just follow it. Yeah, it, it seems that way, and I think if you're Wake Forest also, I, I think the aspect is you can't turn the ball over at all against no. Clemson and no. give Clemson's offense, who obviously we know has struggled to be able to move the ball. So if you give Clemson's offense – a situation where now they're in a short field situation, that's going to be very uh, obviously favorable for Clemson because yeah. they have struggled. So for Wake Forest, you've got to be able to hang on to the ball. And to your point for Clemson, it is all going to be about, you know, can you impose your will on the defensive side and really get Sam Hartman into some uncomfortable situations? Hartman last week was well under 50% passing, three interceptions. So, again, the stats are good. It's electric. He puts up good numbers. But when you turn the ball over that much, Richmond, against a team, like you said, with Clemson, who is opportunistic and an offense that needs the help, they need the field position to succeed, I think that's the key for Clemson. Just get in there early, get a turnover or two, and make Sam Hartman play catch-up from there. But we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun game. We're going to wrap up here from Ingalls and Powdersville next with our final thoughts and prediction time. I love this segment. We're also going to look around the SEC. Coming up next, you're looking right here at the Ingalls Tailgate Show, live on 92.5 WBSC and the WBSC Facebook page. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 92.5 WESE is the Upstate's new home for the Clemson Tigers. As we wrap up on the Ingalls Tailgate Show, we want to remind you to come out to visit your local Ingalls, wherever it might be here in the Upstate area. Low prices, love the savings, get all your tailgating needs, and Thanksgiving is like a few days away now. This is just creeping up on us every day. It's getting closer. Don't wait. Come out to Ingles. Low prices, love the savings. Get everything you need for the big turkey day coming up next week. Man, Richmond, it is getting close to turkey day. Oh, it is. Hey, we're here. Last weekend before Thanksgiving, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's eat. Let's have a good time this week, and I hope everybody out there enjoys your family and, and, and friends and fellowship and has a great 
Thanksgiving holiday. So we've got some interesting things going on, of course, around the country. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Southeastern Conference. It's always a buzzsaw. Oh, well, of course. I mean, obviously, we know Georgia's sitting there in the driver's seat uh, in the East. They're going to be playing for the SEC championship, uh, waiting on just Alabama to go ahead and uh, make that official. And so I think that will happen uh, today with Alabama taking on number 21, Arkansas. I think Alabama gets that win. But I think the, the big game, in all reality, if you're looking at it locally, is South Carolina taking on Auburn. And this is an opportunity for South Carolina to actually become bowl eligible. They need to win one of their last two games and obviously finishing the season with Clemson. Uh, If they do not beat Auburn today uh, down in Columbia, then that's going to be a monster game already <laughs> because we know they didn't play last year, play which last is year. you know very disappointing that Clemson and South Carolina did not uh, play last year. But then if it's a situation where South Carolina is trying to become bowl eligible, there's even more at stake for that game. Oh, and obviously the, the series streak right now with Clemson you know, being in control. But I think things with Shane Beamer, I think he's going to be able to – slowly build a foundation. It's not going to happen overnight, but if they can get bowl eligible, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a big feather in the cap for first-year head coach Shane Beamer. I think so. I mean, to that point, it's so critical that game last week. They had an opportunity at Missouri to take care of business. They did not. Missouri's a solid team, not a great team. Uh, Again, not a great offensive team at times. But South Carolina, to that point, has not been great offensively. They are trending in the right direction with Marcus Satterfield. Their offensive coordinator, who comes from the Carolina Panthers last season, is a Matt Rule guy, by the way, spent time at Baylor. So I think he's heading in the right direction. They've changed up the quarterbacks a little bit. The offensive line has been shuffling. They are 4-1 and one at home, and that's a big deal to them. They're establishing their identity back at Williams-Brice Stadium, and this is another Good opportunity for them. But uh, the SEC, other than that, I mean, I'm looking at, like, the West. Uh, Man, they're loaded with teams that are ranked in the top 25. It's fascinating. Well, and I think a team or a game that is probably flying under the radar, but it will be interesting to see how this plays out, and that's Florida at Missouri. And especially with Dan Mullen, there's some talks about is he on the hot seat and, you know, how they've played this year or I should say how they haven't played. Oh, they haven't played. Because <laughs> <laughs> they really haven't played well. Yeah. And, you know, obviously a, losing the way they did to South Carolina, and then now are they in a situation, if they go on the road, even though they're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, and lose to Missouri, that's going to be a lot of heat on Dan Mullen. Yes. And knowing that, again, I know he's still kind of early in his tenure at Florida. He really is in, uh, in terms of, I mean, what, four years at Florida in mm-hmm. – this is really the first real true down year for Florida, you yeah, know, from that perspective. Yeah. But I've always been the one saying that I didn't think he was the the best hire for Florida. Yeah. I, I, when you look at Dan Mullen, just overall at Mississippi State, he had a losing conference record. Yeah. And I know you can say, oh, it's the SEC West, but he wasn't playing Alabama every but single he's week. Cor- he's the quarterback whisperer. That's, <laughs> That's the whole. Right. Yeah, Dan Mullen's going to take any quarterback and turn him into Dak Prescott. No, I look, I, I think. The bigger question here is Dan Mullen fired some assistant coaches in the middle of this season. That's step one to me in terms of, okay, your seat is very hot. You've got to make adjustments with the staff. That's always an indicator that, okay, if you don't start performing here, do something different, 
your job is going to be gone. So that's a, maybe this has already been determined by Booster Suno and the athletic director. I don't know if they've given a vote of confidence or not, but they better start winning and winning big or else he's out of a job. Going to happen. We've got some big games to talk about today, Richmond. Some big matchups, and we're going to give some predictions out, starting with the noon Eastern kickoff between Michigan State and Ohio State. What are your thoughts on this one, Rich Weaver? Well, again, we talked about it earlier. I'm so surprised that it's a 19-point favorite for <laughs> Ohio State over Michigan State. Michigan State's number seven in the country. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy when you look at it from that perspective. But I think Ohio State's going to be too much at home, too much C.J. Stroud. I think they'll slow Kenneth Walker down from the run game for Michigan State. So I'm going with Ohio State, but not winning by 19. Not winning by 19. I like that, too. I'm, I'm going to go Ohio State by maybe seven here. I think Mel Tucker wants to establish himself as a defensive force in this conference. It's not easy to do against a C.J. Stroud-led football team. I think the over-under in this game is 69.5. I see it around that area. I'm looking maybe a 35-32 to 32 type of game between these two teams, and I'll take the under there. Virginia at Pittsburgh. We talked about this one a little bit, Richmond, with Kenny Pickett and that Virginia defense that plays pretty well at times, but I don't know if they're going to be a match for Kenny Pickett in this Pittsburgh offense. What are your thoughts? Too much Kenny Pickett and not enough Brennan Armstrong. I don't think he's healthy if he even plays. I'm going to go Pitt as well at home to win that game. Auburn, South Carolina, we just talked about that game. I'm taking the Gamecocks here. I like them at home against an Auburn team in conflict right now, a little bit of identity crisis offensively. I think Shane Beamer, Shane Beamer gets the W and gets the bull berth, and then they can relax and focus on Clemson a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm so torn on this because I agree with you that I think Auburn is in a uh, free fall right now, and now Bo Nix is not playing at quarterback. Uh, but – I think there's also how these games go. This could play out where it is going to come down to Clemson, South Carolina, to see if South Carolina is going to be bowl eligible. And I picked Gamecocks last week, and they lost. So I'm going to take <laughs> Auburn this week, and maybe the Gamecocks will win. Don't cross this man. Don't let him down, or he'll forget about you forever. No, Wake Forest-Clemson is the marquee matchup for this show, and, and a lot of ACC fans out there, including the Clemson fans, I'm going Clemson. I'm going Clemson maybe 31-24 here. I think they get some early turnovers on Sam Hartman. They slow that slow mesh game down. They get a big win and propel into the next week. From a football analyst perspective, I have to say Wake Forest because Wake Forest is overall the better team right now. But – I've seen some crazy things happen in Death Valley, and especially what Dabo Sweeney's been able to do. So go Tigers. Go Tigers. And y'all have a great Saturday. Enjoy your Thanksgiving this week. For Richmond Weaver, John Ellis, we appreciate you right here on the Ingalls Tailgate Show, 92.5 WESC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.